next one is probably a lot closer to yours than mine. <laughs> and um, so I obviously am not from Rhode Island just by listening to me. And I come from a small island called, it's not Rhode Island, but from a small island uh, <laughs> um, called Malta. It's uh, Malta. It's a small island, Mediterranean Sea. Let me see who heard of Malta before. Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> What happens when you're in an area where it's so diverse, they get to hear of other places. Uh, so yes, well, that's right, Mediterranean Sea. So I, uh, that's where I'm from. I was born, grew up there. Um, we've met in the States at the ministry school where there was revival. And um, so, yeah, Jesus, one of the things that he did was he captured our hearts for Muslims. And that's you know, from relationship with him, and he, st he had us on the journey. And then in, um, so we started uh, reaching Muslims here in America at that time, and um, just in, just like where you live, you know, you engage, you have relationships, you, you interact. This is how people, this is how the gospel spread, is through people. And so eventually this expectancy sort of continued to grow in my heart, and, and then in 2012, we start to make these steps to move to North Iraq. And just before we moved there, uh, God moved on, you know, basically he spoke to us what to do when we get to Iraq. Um, we were making these steps, our family and another family. Uh, the brother's name is David, his wife and kids. Uh, they're from Chicago. And so uh, as we're seeking God on what to do in Iraq. Now, certain things we knew would be obvious, we as believers do, but we needed to know some specific things. Well, God did answer, and uh, so it's this picture of a wheel. The hub of the wheel is a twofold focus, okay? So it's a house of prayer and a ministry training school. One of the scriptures that explains it is like Acts chapter 6, verse 4. Uh, it says that they gave them the early church. They gave themselves complete, continually to worship, to prayer, and to the ministry of the word. That's that's how that how that the hub. So as you saw in the video, worship. We're at his feet. We seek his face. We love him. We are with him, and uh, we pray. We intercede. We you know, and and also we teach the word. That's yeah. And so the spokes of the wheel. It represents the evangelism, the going out, the bold, bold evangelism. So as also you saw in the videos, there's different ways that we reach out to people, to Muslims. And, um, and then the rim, the outside of the wheel represents the house churches that are started among those that are saved out of Islam. Yeah, so we went with that in December of 2012, so a year and a half later. ISIS crossed the border from Syria into Iraq. They came to Nineveh and a big city called Mosul, which is the second largest city in Iraq. So millions of people, they took over that city. Uh, and they took over, you know, they have all the banks, money, gold, and U.S. military equipment, very similar to what's happening in Afghanistan right now. And... Um, so they took that over and they're gaining strength in all of this. So we were there already a year and a half and we believe God 
sent us there. Well, of course, and there's no doubt in our hearts that he sent us there at the right time. I know to some people think like uh, you went the wrong time. <laughs> no, I, it was the God time. Because that same month of June 2014 when ISIS came, chaos, as you can imagine, everybody wanted to leave Iraq. Just like what you're seeing on the news about Afghanistan, uh, everybody wanted to leave Iraq. Missionaries most left at that time. People wanted to leave. It's like no hope, you know. They're taking over city. They're killing people and all of this. So many thousands and thousands lost their homes, walked away and trying to escape and oh, so many things. But in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of, you know, this very dark hour, you know, God doesn't, that doesn't take God by surprise. You know that, right? God has a plan. He's always has a plan. And he has people, and one thing we know for sure, God has people everywhere, okay? You know, God is working uh, in many ways that we don't see on news and we don't see on media and we don't know. God is very big, <laughs> you know, and he's unstoppable. That's one thing for sure. Uh, his kingdom is advancing. It doesn't matter of Taliban taking over of Afghanistan or when ISIS were taking over different cities in Iraq. Brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God is unstoppable. He, nothing is going to take, stop God. Amen. Even Paul, when Paul wrote uh, the, most of his letters, you know, that we find in New Testament, he wrote them from prison, from jail. <laughs> That's impacting the world generation after generation. It was written from jail. And he said in one of the letters himself, the word of God is not chained. It's un the Word of God is unstoppable. God is unstoppable. So it doesn't matter if governments put restrictions. Look, I know uh, Americans, I, I, look, I, I understand. You don't want governments to take your rights. I agree with you. We, sh we, you sh we should want that. I, I mean, it's uh, given by God. We, we should not want to give that up. You have these rights. But let me tell you, encourage you, because you're about to hear some stories, okay? that no matter what governments may do or put restrictions, if we walk with God, if our faith is in Him, and we are filled with His Spirit, we are unstoppable. Because it's not us. The gospel is going to be preached. The gospel is going to be preached. Disciples are going to be made. The kingdom of God is going to, be, is going to advance. And Jesus is going to be glorified in Iran. You know, and, and where government is always looking, you know, to catch men or women who start house churches, really. They, they're looking for leaders, they're, and, and, and they put them in jail. This happens in Iran, okay? And, and they hang people up. They hang people in the public in Iran. But it has the fastest growing church in the world. I, we've discipled and... and and, and baptized Iranians ourselves living in Iraq. And we hear this, we, we know, that, you know, the situation. Yes, governments act and they do all these things. But the Holy Spirit, you can't stop the Holy Spirit. Jesus, okay, uh, is showing up, is revealing himself to many Muslims in dreams. In dreams. If you, don't, you haven't heard, you're going to hear some today.
This is happening a lot. And you cannot stop a God that shows up in dreams to people. <laughs> you know, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful knowing him. <laughs> it really is wonderful knowing him and just living for him and get to believe in him. We get to see things that, uh, amen, that we couldn't have dreamed. And I tell you now, when ISIS came, yes, I was praying at home. That was 2014. An hour away, ISIS is taking over these cities. So I'm at home, and God moved strong on my heart, and he told me, believe with me for a prayer movement in Iraq. But people are sending us messages. They're saying, why are you still there? You're taking your family. Then when we visited that summer, they're saying, you're taking your family back there. <laughs> I'm thinking, I know you've been watching the news. And I'm thinking, and I've been listening to Jesus. <laughs> Not out of a prideful way, but again, if we're going to be influenced by what comes out of that box or the internet, okay, then we're not going to be very effective. We're going to just let the media influence us. And I, I know I just, you just hear me for the first time, and I, and, and I should be very nice. <laughs> and I should not rock the boat too much, but look, I, if, 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 if we, it tends to be embarrassing, honestly, to be, to see many times in the church so influenced by media. We have another map. We have a different news to go by. And that is called the voice of God. It's called the word of God. That's what we go by. We are to be more influenced with this, with, from Jesus, than what the news says. Yes. If we truly want to be a light in the darkness, we've got we've to be moved by the Holy Spirit and his words and his promises. So ISIS come, yes, per movement. And I had no idea how that was going to happen. Obviously, it comes in this chaos. David, uh, we worked together, lead together there. Uh, he had a dream that same time, same summer, uh, and he saw stadiums being filled in Iraq with people, worship, prayer, the gospel preached with demonstration of power, miracles and healings taking place. And, and, you know, and there's been a momentum. That's how the first 50 hours of nonstop worship and intercession. Look, before ISIS came, we would have prayer meetings. It would be a small, little small group in a living room a few hungry Iraqis, very few, that would join us. ISIS comes. Bang! Fear, chaos. And then God's voice came. Believe with me for a prayer movement. 50 hours of non-stop worship and intercession happened right the same summer that ISIS came. And Iraqis are telling me, Fabian, when we came to the prayer meeting, it felt like heaven. They said, we don't want this to stop. Oh. It went from like, we got to get out of here to like being in the prayer meeting saying, we don't want this to stop. What changed it? The presence of God. <laughs> That's what makes heaven so heavenly. It's not the streets of gold. It's not the nice, healthy angels. <laughs> what, may, what makes heaven so heavenly is God. 
is the, the revelation of God and his glory and his beauty. And that is why Jesus says this, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. Because when we do that, which by the way, it's what's happening around the throne right now, is continual worship and adoration. And Jesus says, if you do this, if you do what's happening around my, my throne, you know, I will dwell in your midst. I will be in your midst. And you know what? Then we're going to feel, that's why, you know, people just start to feel in the midst of this darkest hour, God is here. <laughs> this doesn't change. And sadly, with people, us humans, it tends to, it, needs, it tends to get really bad for us to realize, oh, we need to really see God. Sadly, it takes that, then, but it should be that we should, out of love, want to pray, want to seek Him, want to hunger for more. It shouldn't be to like, that's our last, you know, place that we go to. Let's wait until things get really bad. Like, no, it shouldn't be like that. And so, right, so yeah, so we, so we went from 50 hours to 100 hours that we host every year in the spring and multiple prayer meetings. And there's so many of that happening. And recently, just as you saw in the video, as we've been contending for stadiums, but we've had smaller open air in Iraq. One of the cities was where ISIS was occupied in Mosul, Nineveh. The gospel preached in the open, in Baghdad, in other cities. You saw it. And, um, and, 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 and I tell you, Muslims are getting healed. Muslims getting healed on the spot. Many, this is something that Muslims have said this over and over. When you Christians pray, God hears you. When you Christians pray, God hears you and he heals. Look, I, I tell you, this is not us Christians are saying it. They are Muslims that are saying it. But you know what? We do it. <laughs> we, tell them, we look for sick people. We want to give God an opportunity. And that's what you should do to your Muslim friends or neighbors or, or, or where you work or students in school, Muslims. You look, you look for opportunity to pray. You pray, whether it's something physical they're going through, whether it's their marriage, whether it's their children, whatever it is, they have something at soft spot inside that if you look for that, you know, and you take the opportunity and you mention Jesus and you pray, it gives God an opportunity that it's me. I tell you, I have, we have many testimonies. And when we pray, they see God at work. And, and that's what we are to be. We are to be witnesses. Give, amen, stepping out. And, uh, and so I tell you, um, we are living in a time where the church have prayed for years to see happening among Muslims. We're living in a time what the church has dreamed to see. It's happening now. Muslims are turning to Jesus. In these last 20 to 25 years, more Muslims have come to Jesus than the rest of the history of Islam. Brothers and sisters, I beg you, do not be influenced by what you see on the media. You've seen what's happening in Afghanistan right now? Don't be moved. Listen, of course we, we care and we want. I mean, I'm not saying ignore it, but I'm saying, I'm telling you this, there's something much bigger happening. And Islam is actually collapsing. 
brothers and sisters, this Islam is falling. And I say boldly, I'm not blowing smoke here, okay? I'm telling you, we are, we, we are witnesses of this. There's people who are being used that, and through social media, and they're seeing so many Muslims coming, and they're saying that themselves, Islam is collapsing. There is a wave of atheism. Many Muslims in the Muslim world are leaving Islam. But not just this. This is helping. It's like a step. There is a wave of conversions to Christianity in the Muslim world. And I tell you, uh, we see it in Iraq where we live. Muslims are coming to Jesus. And many of them are young people. Different ages, but many youth. And, uh, and as you saw uh, in the video too, we stepped out and using the internet. Again, just so happened. A month and a half, this time it wasn't a year and a half. Before, a month and a half before COVID came. We, we, we set up this Facebook and Instagram using social media. And again, we believe it was God's divine timing. That, you know, people, a country on lockdown, you know, sitting at home, looking on their, going like this, <laughs> on their phones and tapping, you know. And so we, go, we, we sent stuff to their phones to give them stuff to tap on. <laughs> and so, and it's the gospel. And so, and I tell you, since we did that, Muslims through the internet, and we, we send it multiple cities in Iraq every week, have gotten born again, saved. I'm going to read some of the stories to you. Uh, and, uh, and, and not only this, but they're being discipled. Like when we do the classes, they connect privately on the internet. And, uh, and many, I tell you, in multiple cities. So I want to read some direct quotes what Muslims are saying. You ready? Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> so again, so all I'm going to read to you, they were Muslims or searching to know the truth. Okay, I'll just tell you some of the ages. And, um, and um, yeah, here we go. My dream is to visit. So this is going to give you a little different picture than the Iraq you've seen on the news. My dream is to visit a church one day. Can I pray to Jesus from home? How can I pray? How often should I pray? Can you teach me how to pray? <laughs> I don't know anything about Christianity. Can I have a Bible? I'm eager to learn. I want to seek deep in the scriptures. Do Muslims go to hell? What are Muslims' eternal destiny? This one, 17-year-old girl. Tell me about Christianity. I am very excited to know more about Jesus. I want to be a Christian. I want to get to know Christian people. Where can I find a Bible? I want to know how, you, how to pray. And then later she wrote, thank you for correcting my wrong beliefs. This one, she's 18 years old. I want to understand how Jesus is God. You forgive ISIS after all they did to Christians? How can this be? ISIS kidnapped and killed many of my relatives. I see now what is right between Islam and Christianity. Can you tell me more about Jesus from the Bible? Can you tell me how I can pray? What do Christians do when they meet together at the church? We just eat. No, <laughs> no, no they want to know. What is the meaning that Jesus is the Lamb of God? I, I'm sorry. I'm in the stage of searching for truth. Send me a Bible. I will read and I will send you questions. Later she wrote, how can I follow Jesus? 
This one, 23-year-old young woman. I was motivated to search about Christianity because Islam forces violence on women and permits lying. So the more the true face of Islam is revealed is in their face, the further away from Islam they're going. I tell you, the more Muslims realize who Muhammad really was, the further away from Islam they are going. And the more they are hearing who Jesus really is, the closer to him they want to be. Amen. Amen. She said, uh, yeah, Islam permits, uh, permits husbands to hit their wives and permits brothers to hit their sisters. I do not want my daughters to grow up this way. What does the Bible say about husbands? What does the Bible say about adultery? They want to know. This one, um, I want to be, she's 27 years old, I want to be a Christian. How can I be a Christian? <laughs> I had a dream and then a man in the form of light gave me bread and said, this is a gift from Jesus. I told him, but I'm a stranger. The man told me, because he loves you. And then later she wrote, I want my two, wrote, my two sons, I want my two sons to follow Jesus. Later she wrote, Jesus has set me free from sin and I hate Islam. Amen. <laughs> this one, she's 23 years old. How can I join Christianity and be one of Jesus' followers? A few days later she wrote and said, I had three dreams of Jesus and this time I heard his voice directly, personally. He said this to me in the dream, blessed is he who believes in me. <laughs> and then she, later, a month later, she wrote, she says, I'm very grateful for grace and faith, for I was blind, but now my eyes are open to Jesus and I found the true God. And she joined our classes, yeah. This one, 18 years old. My parents are Muslims, but I don't believe in Islam. Islam does not make sense. At first, I was atheist, but in the last few months, I started to believe that there is a God. Then when I started searching about the true God, and when I heard about Jesus and all he did on the cross, I realized that I was lost. Then I found him. I don't deserve to be a Christian, but I want to know what I need to do next. How can I join a church? Can you tell me how to pray? I now believe that God is my father, and I am his daughter. Amen. I'll read two, I'll tell about two more. This one, she's 20 years old. I am convinced to be a Christian without seeing a dream or vision. <laughs> she's like, you know, they know many Muslims are having dreams, but she's like, I'm convinced without a dream or vision. <laughs> I am no longer slave. I am God's daughter, and I am glad I am one of his sheep. I know God loves me and wants me to worship him. I do not want to hurt his heart. Why all these years I did not know the truth? I used to pray as a duty only. I feel guilty because I'm not baptized yet. But I believe God will give me the opportunity. Without taking much time, with, when it comes to girls, the culture, it's very difficult for them to connect with us, okay? Because in the culture, normally, a girl cannot just leave the house, come meet with us, and go back to their house, you know? Unless brother is there or father is there. Or unless the family is more open and they let their daughters continue to study. And if they're in college, then it's easier to try to connect. And that's why she's saying this. I, be, I feel guilty because I'm not baptized yet, but I believe God will give me the opportunity. I will 
fast with Jesus as he did many years ago. And she did. I feel I am born again with a new life. My sister told me, uh, she said, I, my sister told her, I feel you became pure. How I, I know he chose me from the beginning and revealed himself to me in different ways. I love speaking to him directly, she said. I'm grateful for the discipleship classes. I memorized four worship songs in my heart. I feel that I'm a new person. When I speak with God, he listens to my prayers. I'm not talking to a statue. He's the only God that has helped me in time of grief, and I like to call him Jehovah because Muslims distorted the picture of God. Isn't that amazing? This is what is happening. Yes, there are Muslims getting angry. Yes, they do all this stuff, but you know, again, Jesus said, go, he tell them. And many want to know the truth. This one, uh, she was, a, she, not was, she's a mother. And she started messaging us on Facebook also and asking us to go and pray for her daughter who is demon-possessed. Now, this is very normal. It's not like a shock or a surprise. The Muslims know the demons are real and, uh, and they fear them. And so anyway, so her daughter has demons. And so she kept asking us, please would come on, come. Please would someone come. And she was very insisting. It's not because we didn't want to, but uh, yeah, it's, we needed a girl to come with us and speak Arabic and English and, and with a part of the city. And anyways, it, finally, and many, so many people to visit and follow up with. Before I continue this story, I tell you, when we are in cities like Baghdad, and we spent a few days, we line up guys to meet with from morning till evening with two hours each. And they're all new believers and want to be discipled. This gives you an idea of the harvest that is ripe. You don't see that on the news, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so we, uh, go, I know I'm picking on you with this, but. Um, and so, so we finally we made it to the house. And we, uh, yeah, the, the parents were there, the mother, of course, that kept asking and asking, the father, and then they brought their daughter, she's in her early 20s. We sat down and uh, David, with, oh, we're together, David started to share uh, the gospel with them. For those of you that may not know, Muslims, they deny that Jesus died on the cross, you know. And uh, so as soon as David started to share about the cross and the father jumped up, he says, no, 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 Jesus did not die on the cross. So, you know, we answer him back. It's like, yes, yes, he did. And just, just listen. So <laughs> as soon as we finished sharing, the daughter that we were about to pray for, she spoke up and said to her parents in front of us, I want to be a Christian. <laughs> so I asked the father. I said, uh, you know, it's like exciting moment, awkward moment. It's all, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know. So I asked the father. I told him, uh, how do you feel about this? And so his answer was this. He says, I've taken her to all these mosques, to these imams. He said, they're all liars. He said, he said, I want proof. I want evidence. He says, if Jesus can set her free, and uh, then you can have her, make her a Christian, and she can follow Jesus. He knew it was going to get getting good when he said that. He was setting himself up. And the truth is, he should look for proof. You know, when Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it's quoted to him, of course, 
and when he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And so that word witnesses, I heard a, a man from Argentina, his name is Carlos Anacondia in the revival there, he's an evangelist. And he describes it like this, and you shall be my proof providers. Witnesses are people who give the world proof. What proof? That Christ is truth. That Christ is the only way. And, and this is why signs accompany those who believe. Why? Because we are to give the world proof that deny, you know, just as it happened. You know, oh, the disciples, they took his body out. Like, no, 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 they didn't take his body out. He risen from the dead. And so we, since through generations, we are we facing lie, lies that oppose the truth of God. Islam is one of those lies. And I am ashamedly and boldly say that. Islam is a lie. And it says Jesus didn't die on a cross. Listen, so, so what does it mean? We have to give them proof. That what we preach, there is a demonstration, as God's Word says, it's not in talk only. The kingdom of God is not in talk only, but it's in power. So, it was time to pray. So, he started praying for the daughter, and the peace of God started to come in that room. All of us started to feel it. The peace of God, Jesus, you know, in the midst of, that's who he is. It's just who he is. And, uh, and so everybody started to feel it. I started, I started to really be visible on the Father's face. He started, his face starts to change. And then all of a sudden, I started to see tears down his face. And then, boom, broke down crying and sobbing. And as the presence of God got strong, as we're praying for his daughter, after we left, the mother kept messaging us. She says, for the first time in our life, peace came to our home. For the first time in our life, she said, love came to our home. That's, that's the proof, Jesus. Now both mother and daughter, they're the, they getting discipled, they attend the classes. The daughter, she's continuing to listen to audio Bible. This is how the kingdom of God is advancing. It's through people like me and you. Like me and you, he uses weak vessels. He uses weak vessels. He doesn't use perfect people. You know that. <laughs> God waited to find perfect people. He'll be waiting a long time. <laughs> and he, doesn't use, he uses people who are willing. The people who love him and, and, and believe in his words and in his promise. You know, when Paul says in Romans 15, and he's telling the church in Rome, he, he says, I delayed my coming to you because I was preaching the gospel where the name of Christ hasn't been named. He says, you know, that where the church is not, where there's no church. He says, I was following God's plan in the scriptures, quoting the Old Testament, saying that those who haven't heard will understand. So Paul gave himself to see that prophecy fulfilled. So you know what? Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. We're responsible to be part of that wherever we live, to see that come to pass. There are prophecies, but we need to do something about them. They don't just happen. <laughs> you know, that's what Paul said. 
It was prophesied, those who haven't heard will understand. So therefore, he says, I went to tell them. And then in that very same passage, he says, this is how I turned the Gentiles over to God by the message, by the way I worked among them, and by the miracles, signs from God. He said, that's how I have fully presented the gospel. In these three ways, fully presented, by the way we live. Yep. By the message, we've got to speak it too. <laughs> and also with faith in, in, in his will, in the demonstration, the Holy Spirit. And that is why we are to be a house of prayer. Meaning who we are, a family that gives ourselves to worship and pray, seek his face. There is no other way, brothers and sisters. There is no other shortcuts to be a dwelling place for the presence of God. David Yongicho, Pastor David Yongicho from South Korea, he mentioned he, in his book, his Prayer to the, the Key to Revival, he says, I studied revivals in the West. He said the church in the West understood that to see revival, prayer has got to be a focus. He said the church in the West, they got that. But you know, he says, the further I studied these revivals in the West, I started to notice that prayer did not remain as an emphasis like it was before revival came. And you know when end up? With visitations. He said if prayer, you know, and seeking him is what brought at host his presence, then prayer, worship, seeking him is what keeps, is what hosts. And this is what Jesus is building on the earth, a dwelling place for himself. We are living stones fitted together to be a dwelling place in Ephesians 2. It says, built by God for his spirit. This is how the world is coming to Jesus. It's the presence of God and, be, and the message and us living out who we really are, being as light in this world. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to finish with these few words to challenge and stir your heart. There's many promises applying to every believer. The Word of God is full. There's promises to certain areas. In the Middle East, in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah prophesied in, 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 in Isaiah chapter 19, verse 23 to 25, he says, On that day there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. And he says, And the Egyptians and the Assyrians will worship the Lord together. Israel... He says, on that day will be the third party together with Egypt and Assyria. That's Iraq, Syria. These are Muslim countries. He says, Israel will be the third party together with Egypt and Assyria. A blessing on the earth. A blessing to the nations whom the Lord shall bless. Saying, blessed be Egypt. The blessed be Egypt, my people. Blessed Assyria, the work of my hands. And blessed be Israel, my inheritance. That's talking about, I don't have time to get into that part, but Isaiah saw something, the prophet, in the last days, he saw past the conflict of the wars between the sons, the, the sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac. They always, the conflicts, this family problems that they've had for generations, these conflict between them all the time. That's what we see happening in Gaza, you know, and, 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 and Muslim countries around in Israel. It's this conflict that have been since the, the family of Abraham, since his family. But Isaiah saw something past the conflict. And he saw, in, on the other way, this road that's 
created with so much hostility, he saw it as a blessing to the nations. That's a revival, brothers and sisters, that's happening in the last days in the Middle East that's going to provoke the Jews to jealousy, and it will touch the nations, and Jesus will return. It doesn't matter. Okay, amen. So, yes. So it doesn't matter how dark it is around us. It doesn't matter whether it's COVID or diseases. I tell you, we have answers. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in us than anything that we face in this world. And guess what? Jesus said, he said, fear, in the last days, many people's heart is going to fail them from fear of what is coming on the earth. We are not a people of fear. We are people of love. We have not been given the spirit of fear. We have been given love. Brothers and sisters, we have not been given the spirit of fear. I tell you humbly before God, I personally rather die and go to heaven than living in this world bound by fear. I do not want to present some false God that's full of fear. He is a roaring lion. We are his people. We have not been given the spirit of fear. We have been given love. We've been given a sound mind, a discipline. We've been given his power. That's what we have. And I tell you, we have, you have promises. I tell you, Wherever you see the need, I tell you, pray. If it's Muslims, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just took opportunity and pray. Pray for the sick. Then you may have promises for your own life. Maybe prophecies you've received. Maybe for your own family, your community where you, you live. Promises that in the last days that God will pour out His Spirit. That the latter rain will be greater than the former rain. There's so many scriptures and promises. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, we obtain these promises through faith. Through believing God rather than man. Believing His Word, rather what happens around us, this is how we will bring the change. When we are people of faith that believe what God says, rather than what we see and what we hear. Amen. We are not, we are not moved. We, our physical senses will always be at war with our faith. God gives us physical senses to use them, but we are not to be led by that. We are to be led by faith. Walk by faith. Great faith, brothers and sisters, is not having some big ministry or, or doing big things or big numbers like people in the West tend to picture great faith like having numbers are big. <laughs> it's funny, I was on these Zoom calls during COVID and people from all over the Middle East and one known leader from the, st from the States was speaking and, and he's asking about numbers and... <laughs> And, uh, and, and so some on the Zoom call is like, why is he asking, always asking about numbers? He's like, he's an American pastor. <laughs> they always ask for numbers. <laughs> like, yeah, that uh, explains it. So anyway, so <laughs> great faith is not necessarily numbers, brothers and sisters. When Jesus talks about great faith, it was two people in the Gospels, and they were not Jews, they were Gentiles. And Jesus came to the Jew first, and then the gospel started spreading to the Gentile world. 
One of them was, the, was a, a, a Roman centurion, you know, and he, he's a Gentile. He believed for his servant that was sick at home. And he told Jesus, I understand authority. I tell my servant, do this, and he doesn't. He says, just speak the word and it will happen. Jesus said, I have never seen faith like this in all of Israel. He was a Gentile. His servant healed. Next one, it was a, a, a Canaanite woman that was coming to Jesus, Gentile also, and her daughter was, had demons. She was bound, and she came, and she pressed through the crowd. And you know the story. Disciples would send her away. Go back, go back. She kept persisting. Then the disciples said, well, would you please tell this woman to just leave us alone? Uh, she, you know, she's a Gentile. You know, she, and Jesus told her, we, we don't give bread to dogs. And she's like, that is fine. I'll take crumbs. You know, that woman, her daughter's freedom and break her healing, her daughter's deliverance was more important than her own dignity. She was not going to try to, she didn't come to get respected. She came to get her daughter healed, free. And we sometimes, I tell you, we... We want to be respected, especially men. You know, I want to be so respected and all of this. And, but I tell you, <laughs> who cares what people tell me? You know, who, when it comes down to it, people are people. You know, they're going to they're gonna praise us and then they're going to curse us, you know. They're going to mock us, they're going to say bad things and then they'll clap us. But if we're not moved by one, we won't moved by the other. If we're moved by the praise of men and want that and look for that, then when people say bad things, it's going to affect us. But if we don't allow praise of men to really get in, then when people say bad things, so what? We want to be moved by what God says, by his approval of us. And it just, as, it just as Billy Graham, just as Billy Graham once said, he says, we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful. And let God do the success we are to be faithful, yeah? And so, anyways, praise Jesus. So we are to be people. And so that's what happened with this woman. She didn't, it didn't matter. And that's what Jesus said when she says, I'll take crumbs. Jesus said, woman, great is your faith. And her daughter was healed in that hour. So what made it great? Would this woman have a big ministry? Of course not. But it was great faith because to, get her, to see her daughter healed was a lot of obstacles. There was a lot of hindrance that she had to keep pressing through. That's great faith. That we don't give up. That we don't stop short before the answers come. That's great faith, brothers and sisters. That again, if... if this place, my daughter, her daughter bound, and over here is her daughter being free to get from here to there here. There was a lot of walls. There was a lot of walls that she was breaking through. That's great faith. And even as I'm about to finish here this morning, I pray that God would stir your heart because we are given a seed of faith, brothers and sisters. We have that. We have faith. It's a matter of pressing in or to see promises in your own life come to pass for your community maybe health maybe you're watching you know sick family members wherever it may be maybe things you've received from God and you want to see happen it's true faith 
In Hebrews 11, we read about these men and women. It's true faith they shut the mounts of lions. It's true faith they saw the sea split. It's true faith they were made strong out of weakness. True faith. True faith, it says, they obtained promises. Yes. And the other thing is to see God's promises. Uh, and there's many things, but uh, one other thing is, uh, is having a real hunger. A real spiritual hunger. A real desire. We're not talking about some small blessings. Okay? We're talking about breakthroughs. We're talking about things that the enemy wants to hinder and wants to stop from happening. It takes God's people, yes, to be people of faith, but also hunger for them. Because we seek what we hunger for. You know? We seek what we're hungry for. <laughs> yeah. The first thing, when, when we travel back, and my wife, she arrives back in Rhode Island, one of the first things she seeks for is uh, Dunkin' Donuts. So, and, uh, and, so, uh, anyway, so we, we, we seek what we hunger for. That's, anybody that's alive seeks after something. Everybody seeks after something. There's no one been, there's never been anybody that did not seek for something. And we seek what we desire. We seek after what we hunger for. And if we're hungering for God's promise and His plan for our lives, for our community, then we will seek and hunger for that. Then we will seek to see that happen. It's, it's, uh, I'm going to quote this really quickly. I'm almost done. I promise. I'm landing. And... Uh, a man, of, a man of God, of, of course, uh, there's Moses. We see Moses, his hunger for the, his presence is, I will not leave. I cannot go. Don't let us leave from here un unless your presence is with us. He told God that, how will they know that we are your people unless your presence is with us? He says, the only thing that separates us from the rest of the people is you with us. So he says, I will not let you go. And he said, show me your glory God, and Moses had experienced God unlike anyone had experienced God up to that point. He's experienced God and probably most of us have even, can even relate to the experience that Moses had. God shows up in a burning bush. <laughs> you know, he, he's just, he, he's, the rock water comes out. I mean, he's just, he's seen the miraculous. He's, he, it says he spoke with God like, face to, like, like a friend. You know, and people would watch the presence of God to descend. The people of Israel, Moses is meeting with God. They would go and watch him and they would start praising God. He had seen God in so many miraculous ways, but that was not enough for Moses. That's what, you know, I just, I had just quoted, he led him to see, but God, even when God promised, yes, my presence will go with you. Then, then he, it wasn't enough. He says, God, show me your glory. In other words, you're saying, God, I want to experience you and know you in a way that I haven't had yet. I want to know you. I tell you, that's what it does take. We need to have that in our lives. We can't settle for less. We can't just settle for having a nice community of believers and friends and a pastor. We, there's got to be more. And real breakthroughs happen when we hunger for more. Amen? 
One last example is, uh, his, his name is John Lake. He was Canadian. He was a missionary in, in South Africa. Okay, John Lake, Canadian. It's, it's a long time ago. Not too long, but long. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so there was a disease that was spreading through at that time. And it was killing many of his brothers and sisters, family members. He said the remembrance of his childhood was funerals. That's the remembrance of his childhood is funerals. Got married, that disease came to his wife, and then another child. And he said, something developed, John Lake said, something developed in me, a hunger for the will of God. He said, when I saw in the scriptures that sickness was the will of the devil, and when I saw in the scriptures that healing and life was the will of God, he said, something rose in my nature to defeat the will of the devil. And I'm going to quote him right here, because he talks about having real hunger for these promises from God. He says, hunger is the greatest persuader. God's purposes come to pass when our hearts and mind get the real God cry, when the real God prayer comes to our na into our hearts, and the real God yearning gets hold of our nature, something is going to happen then. That's why he says, if I can bless you now, the breakthrough came. His wife was healed. The miracles and the healings that was flowing to their mission work in South Africa was just beyond what even we've seen in church history. You know, the breakthroughs came, and that's why he's, he said this. He says, if I can bless you with any gift, I want to bless you with hunger for God. Because when we're really hungry, we do desperate things, and we see a lot more. This is how real promises, breakthroughs happen. Why don't you stand together? Let's stand together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to pray for you as if the worship team can come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I, am, I believe you were both encouraged and also challenged to go further and go deeper in God. There's many are watching us right now, the cloud of witnesses. You know, they're waiting for us to do our part, to carry it on. They're looking for their rewards, but the truth is they're waiting for our generation to continue to finish this task of bringing glory to God on the earth, to making his name famous. Whatever it may be that may be, I don't know in your life, but we've got to be disciplined and we've got to be very focused if we are to live our life to the full. Jesus did not live a long life on the earth. Now he's alive, we know he's got. But on the earth, he did not live a long life. But he lived a full life. It was filled with the will of God, his Father on the earth. Sure, there's promises for a long life and we are to desire a long life but we are to desire a full life even more because it can be a long life but empty i'd rather be if it's going to be short i want it to be full of his plan or long and full of his plan i want his will to come to pass that's what we're talking about so whatever it may be i i uh, whatever it may be that may be distractions that you need to really do some decisions 
maybe things that you've been influenced by that you know it's affecting your faith and love and what may be it's sin maybe things that have allowed and happened in your life we I tell you the enemy wants to cut short of his God's plan in our lives and sin we know we, we have flesh and blood okay <laughs> sin or sin that pleases good to the flesh that's why it's so powerful that's why the enemy use it but sin like Charles Finney said is the most expensive thing in the world sin has costed the blood of the Son of God sin has this has cost many people dying sin has cost many marriages and families sin cost governments millions of dollars sin is the most expensive thing in the world so here if you are this morning I want to encourage you to come to the light come and let the blood of Jesus break its power let the blood of Jesus destroy it and I tell you and it puts you on the track to run your race with endurance as we worship if you if you need to come I know it's time for you to move on but if you need to come forward and receive prayer if it's if it's just pouring your heart if it's saying God I don't want to move forward I don't I, I mean I don't want to move forward with the way that I am I want to I want to change I want my heart to be focused I want any secret sin or whatever it is it might be I want it to be completely broken if, you know just you just come and express to God if that's you and you know God is moving in your heart in a way you don't want to you want to fulfill what God is doing in your heart this morning and and and, and as we worship I want to give you the opportunity you can come up anytime and we'll pray with you I'm gonna pray now and then we'll worship you yeah? thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord father we honor you we thank you for your love we thank you that your love has brought us so far have brought us to this point and we know there's more and you're the one that's inviting us to continue to deny ourselves take up our cross and follow you your love changes us your power is here to do what we cannot do and you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And you're faithful to the end. You will always finish what you started. So, Lord, we surrender. We open our hearts and say, God, cleanse us. Jesus, wash us. Jesus, fill us. Jesus, stir our hearts to continue to believe and hunger for greater things that you have for us. In the name of Jesus, I pray for those watching through the live stream right now. May the Holy Spirit come to your home and touch your body if you're sick. May the kingdom of God come upon your body right now where the pain is, where the weakness is. The kingdom of God come upon you in Christ's name. By the authority there is in Christ, I break the hold of sickness off your body. I break the hold of demonic oppression. I break the hold of depression in Jesus' name. May you be free. May you rise. May you receive life, an abundant life. And Jesus will be glorified in you and your body in Jesus' name. Let's worship together. And if you need prayer for anything, please come.
Maintain that atmosphere of prayer. 
Lord, it's by you. It's by our living Christ that we receive grace upon grace, that we receive power and healing and hope. Father, I pray that you would pour that out upon people today, that their marriages would be healed, that their bodies would be made well, that their spirits would be liberated from the the sin and the silence and the depression and everything that has gripped people. Father, I pray that you would do in our hearts what only you are capable of doing. And we look to you, Lord. I pray that you would liberate us like David pray. Only loose my lips and I will speak your way to transgressors, Lord. And I pray that through the testament of what happens today in people's lives, that you would bring others to you. God, I pray that we wouldn't minister out of a sense of responsibility, but that we would minister out of a place of healing and hope that has come to our own lives. And I pray that people would see your glory. I pray you'd be high and lifted up, Lord and that people would be able to see you through our lives. Lord, bless each person here today. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I want to challenge you before you leave. Uh, Fabian reminded me, a couple of years ago, I went into a mosque, and I was sitting there and listening to their service, and at the end of the meal they had, I was able to sit with them and pray with them and share Christ with about eight or nine Muslim men in a mosque. Now, it may not be Muslims for you, it may be others, but you can be a beacon where you are for Jesus. The hope and the healing he deposits in you, it's so that you can give it to other people. It's not just for us, it's for the world. It's not just for us, it's for the people who are around us. Because the world needs hope and healing, and he's deposited that in you. And you can give that to others. So, Lord, we ask for your power. We ask for your Holy Spirit. We ask that you would do through us what you've done in us, Lord, and that you would help us to be the city set on a hill, a lamp that cannot be covered, the salt of the earth. Lord, I pray that you would do in us what we hope you would do in us, Lord, and that you would begin to do it through us. We look to you in faith, Father. We commit ourselves, our families, our marriages, children, our friends, our co-workers into your hand and ask that you would begin to do a mighty work. I pray that your kingdom would advance because the gates of hell cannot prevail against it, Lord. We pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be done in us and through us, Lord. We trust ourselves to you. In Jesus' name. We're going to continue to worship. You're welcome to continue to pray. God bless you if you need to go.